Hello, and welcome back to the Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. My name is Thomas Valentine. Thanks for listening. I just want to give another shout out to Michael Larson on piano, Casey Felt on cello, for the wonderful music that they played for us. Today, we are presenting a recovery Dharma talk from our Buddhist Recovery Network Academy which takes place live online the first Sunday of every month. So this one took place just last Sunday. Um, Vimala Sara gave a really wonderful talk, and I'll present that in just a second. Um, I want to let you all know that soon we will be presenting some recordings that we will be getting from the Buddhist Recovery Summit in Oakland. It is going to take place February 17th at the East Bay Meditation Center. I'll be there trying to get some good material to share with all of you. So please subscribe if you haven't already, so you're sure to catch it when it's released. And if you want to offer Donna or donation, please go to BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash donate. We hope that this talk finds you when you need it, and that it's able to aid in your recovery. So without further ado, here's our talk. A little bit about about Vimla Sara. Uh, She is the current president of the Buddhist Recovery Network. She was the co-founder and guiding teacher of Healing and Insight. I'm not sure if you ever joined us there. Uh, But it's an online, it was an online faculty that explored the sharp edges of suffering. She's an award-winning author of eight books uh, and is the co-founder and and co-author of Eight Step Recovery, Using the Buddha's Teachings to Overcome Addiction. And that book has been used um, to start eight-step meetings in what I believe might be four continents now. She's also the co-founder of Mindfulness-Based Addiction Recovery. She is a senior teacher in the True Rotten Order and Community. So without further ado, I would like to bring on Vinwasara. Welcome, and thank you very much for being here. Hi, and thank you for that introduction, Robin. And I really do want to thank both Robin and I think Thomas, who are on the call, who keep this academy running monthly. And don't I look funny with my little tassel at the front here? Let me put it at the back. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's great to see you all here. And we will begin as we do with a short meditation, a meditation focusing on coming home to the body. So firstly, I just want you to just take a look around in your environment. Just notice where you are. Just have a look around and notice where you are. And then close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And if you don't, just have your eyes directed down so as you're not distracted. And as you close your eyes or direct your eyes downward, I want you to 
sink into whatever is supporting you, whether it's the chair or the bed or the floor. So we come home to the body by becoming aware of the body. And what we mean by becoming aware of the body is simply noticing what the body is touching. So noticing your feet. If some of you have got shoes on, you might just notice a slight tightness around your feet. If you've got socks on, notice the subtle sensation of the sock upon your foot. And if your feet are bare skinned, notice the touch of the air and perhaps the touch of the carpet or the whatever your soles of the feet are touching. So this is how we become aware of the body, simply noticing what the body is touching. So let's move to the sitting bones, noticing the seat of your chair or the floor or the bed, just noticing the support of your sitting bones, the sensation. Noticing what your hands are touching. Noticing the waistband upon the body. Those of you who are wearing a bra, noticing the sensation of the bra strap around the body. If you're wearing glasses, notice the touch of the glasses upon your face. If you have headphones on, notice the touch of the headphones upon your ears or on your head. This is how we begin to come home to the body, just simply noticing what the body is touching. But we're not fully home yet to bring us home to the body, become aware of what the breath is touching. Maybe you experience the breathing in the abdomen 
or the chest rising and falling or perhaps the sides of your torso expanding when you may even experience the touch of the breathing in the small of your back or you may experience the touch of the breathing in the throat and you may experience a touch of the breathing on the upper lip and inside the nostrils. And I may have mentioned somewhere where you experience the touch of the breathing. So it doesn't matter where you experience the touch of the breathing. I just want you to focus on one place and explore the touch of the breathing and allow the breath to bring you home to the body. And see if you can have a a taste of freedom and what I call a taste of freedom is to be home in the body right now and we can do this by having gratitude for this breathing we don't breathe the body breathes us there's nothing we have to do the body just breathes us and to have gratitude for this amazing gift that we have to breathe. So see if you can just be in the breathing right now and have a taste of freedom. And now placing a hand upon your heart, just literally raising the hand, placing it upon your heart and come home to the body. And as you take a deep breath in, take a deep breath of kindness towards yourself. So just have that sense of breathing in kindness. And as you breathe out, breathing kindness into the whole of your body. And as you do this, become aware of the sensations in the body. So rather than intellectually breathing in kindness and breathing out kindness, really feel the kindness entering your lungs and being spread throughout the whole body. Let's all take one deep breath together. Breathing in kindness, filling our lungs with kindness and feeling that hand upon your heart and then breathing out kindness into the whole body.
be good to know how it was for some of you, how that practice was for you. You can either write in the chat and say how that was for you, or you could come on to the screen and just say how that practice of coming home to the body was for you. And uh, what I want to say is, if you can see, I have this, this bowl. This bowl represents the body. And the gonga is the breath. And what we're doing is we're wanting to bring the breath back to the body. So the breath is integrated because often we're not in the body. And as you saw, the gonga fell. And that's what happens, that we become separated from the breath. Even when we practice bringing the breath back to the body, we become separated from the breath. And the practice is continually bringing the breath back to the body. Thank you. I shall read out what some of you have said. Just coming in from doing some work and found myself had a very hard time settling into the body for this sit. Anxious and distracted. Well done, Emily, for noticing that you were anxious and distracted. That says that actually you were in touch with the body, that you just noticed in the body there was anxiety and there was distraction. In fact, you would have noticed that there was anxiety in the body and maybe that experience of anxiety felt overwhelming or just felt uncomfortable and you distracted yourself to move yourself away from it. So you actually did come home to the body. And just as I showed, bringing the gonga back to the, to the body, the bowl which represent the body, it falls, the breath falls, and we have to keep on bringing it back. That is the practice. So well done. And great, Joanna, that you noticed that it brought you into the body. And as you say, it's a refuge and energy center. In Buddhism, we talk about going for refuge and we talk about the three jewels, the Buddha, which isn't going to refuge to the human being, but going to refuge to the wish for liberation, freedom, freedom from the prison of our mind. We place it at the center of our thoughts and the Dharma, the teachings that point to the truth and also the spiritual community. But there is another refuge. We are a refuge. And how can we begin to go to refuge to ourselves? And we begin to go to refuge to ourselves by going for refuge to the breath. Yes, refuge for the breath. And we'll talk about this a bit more in a moment. So I just want to share, as some of you were able to uh, share how it was for you, 
Michelle, it brought you calmness and I became more present in a moment and not what I need to do later. I'm not sure about that last bit, but great that it brought you more into the present. And uh, Thomas, thank you so much. Thomas writes, I was able to find freedom by letting go of some of my thoughts and things I was holding on to had a bit of clinging and was able to let go of it at least for a bit. Fantastic. This is, this is a taste of victory. Often when we practice, we expect that we're going to be like this and we're going to be peaceful for the whole five minutes. Well, forget it. If we think that, we just won't have peace. But no, we have moments of a taste of freedom. And those moments get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the way that we have a taste of freedom is by continually coming back to the body, to the breath. Mindfulness teaches us to come back to the body. And the journey of recovery, whatever that looks like, if it's recovery from addiction or if it's recovery from trauma, the journey of recovery is learning to find a way back to the body. Because whether we have depression or if we have addiction, you would have experienced trauma. And when we have trauma, we disconnect. We disconnect from the breath. We disconnect from the body. Some of us have lost our way home because our bodies were violated in childhood. Some of us have lost our way home because we was that child who was hiding under the table when we heard our parents arguing, or we were the child hiding under our covers when we heard our parents arguing. Some of us disconnected from our bodies, from the breath, when a parent left or when somebody died, or when a new sibling was born. And even when we grow and we move into puberty, there are so many reasons why we can disconnect from the body. When our body begins to change and the body begins to form and move, become more masculine or more feminine or in between, and we don't want that to happen in the body. We disconnect and we leave the body. But the healing is in coming back to the body. And this is an oxymoron because so many of us don't want to be in our body. So many of us learned not to live in the body. So many of us learned to separate from the breath. And we have to relearn that our body can be one of the safest places we could ever inhabit. Yes, 
one of the safest places we could ever inhabit. But how does the body become safe again, is the question. How does the breath become safe again? How can we allow the breath to bring us back to the body? Some of you may have heard me speak about the teachings of the indigenous people, the teaching when somebody was spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally sick. The shamans would ask a series of questions. The first question, when did you stop singing? And that question implies that we had left the body, we had left the breath, we had left our voice, we stopped speaking. And there were so many reasons why we stop speaking. So many reasons which I've already mentioned why we lost our play. Sometimes a father would say to a child, man up, stop acting like a sissy. And we lose our voice. We lose our dance. We lose our play. That second question, when did you stop dancing? When did you stop moving freely in the world? When did you stop being enchanted by your own stories? How many of us who have trauma, who have addictions, depressions, are enchanted by our own stories? Many of us can't even remember our stories. We cannot come back to the body. The body is our birthright. We come into the world with a breath of inspiration. We come into the world with a body and a breath of inspiration. And yet, we have lost our connection to the body. And that fourth question, when did we stop dwelling in the sweet territory of silence? And we know that if our mind is full of stinking thinking, full of resentments, full of what we call papancha, the proliferation of thought, we have lost the connection to the body. In fact, Many of us prefer to be with that stinking thinking, prefer to be with all that rumination because it's familiar. It's what our ego knows. And it's just slightly more bearable than coming back to this place of the body, which can be experienced as so excruciating, so uncomfortable so unpleasant to be in the body. And yes, some of us can say, well, I can be in the hot body when I'm angry. Yes, when I feel love, when I'm excited. But how many of you can be in the body when nothing much is happening, when things are being experienced as slightly neutral, and what we do is we want to shake it up a bit. 
shake it up because that's all we've known. When we were traumatized, our body was completely shaken up and that's all we know. And it's very difficult for us to be with that subtle sensation of connecting to the touch of the body, connecting to the subtle feelings in the body. Just imagine when you switch off from this flat screen and you leave your room or you leave your car. Some of you may be sitting in a car. You leave your room, you go outside and you try to find your place of work or you try to find your best friend's house and you can't find it. You just can't find it. Or imagine tomorrow you're out and it's time for you to go home and you just can't find your way home. And you're looking and you've been looking for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you're looking and you can't find your way home. Imagine what that would look like. Be terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And I want to say to all of you here, all of you listening right now, many of us cannot find our way home because home is in the body. When we can be at home in the body, we can be at home anywhere. But many of us cannot find our way home to the body. We switched all feelings off. We switched all feelings off a long time ago. We switched the lights off. We left our body. Nobody is home, which is why we are still being reactivated, still being re-stimulated. Every time we are activated or triggered in the present, it's to do with the past, that it's re-stimulating something from the past. And it re-stimulates something from the past because we have not been able to come home to the body, come home to the breath and experience the sensations in the body. It's not easy to come home to the body. And I'm going to say it again. It's very good for us to repeat ourselves. It reminds me, Pema Chodron, the celebrated Buddhist teacher, Pema Chodron advises to lean into the sharp edges. But those sharp edges isn't all the emotional trauma, isn't all the, the proliferation of thought. She's not telling you to lean into your suffering, that second dart, how we create that extra suffering. She's not telling you to lean into the, to the thoughts. That's not what she's telling you to do. When we lean into the sharp edges, that's where the healing begins. Leaning into the sharp edges is leaning in to the direct experience of what is happening in the body. So, for example, 
after I finish this teaching today and I switch off and I go downstairs and I just notice there's just a subtle unpleasantness. I've been here, I've been inspired talking to you. There's a slight unpleasantness. Can I lean into that? It might even be a slight sadness. Can I lean into that feeling? But what I can do is I don't lean into the feeling. I lean into the thoughts, which is not what I'm meant to be leaning into. Oh, the thought that takes me away from that subtle sensation. And the thought is, oh, I'll put something in my mouth just to soothe the feeling. But we come home to the body by doing absolutely nothing when we are in touch with those uncomfortable feelings. This is the alchemy, doing nothing. So that doesn't mean being a doormat. That's not what I'm saying. But it's touching in to those messy, messy feelings without moving away with narrative, with food, with a drink, but just calmly, just seeing it's just sensation arising and a new sensation will arise. Sensations are just events that arise in the body. They arise and they fall. Just like the waves in an ocean arise and fall, allow your feelings and even your thoughts to arise and fall like the waves in an ocean. And I'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Do some of you have a question? We do have, we do have some questions. Thank um, you. Joanna, Joanna has asked, um, I love being in the body through meditation, sound healing, yoga, dance, exercise, music, many ways. But I'm shy and I don't like being seen. Connecting is very difficult. Lots of abuse in childhood. Just coming home to the body help with shyness and awkwardness. And just to follow up, um, uh, there is, uh, Michelle has also commented that she's curious about this too. Uh, she's, she avoids some wonderful experiences to come into the body because of feeling too seen. Okay, thank you. Can you mute yourself? Because great, there was some background noise there. Thank you. So um, does coming home to the body help with shyness and awkwardness? Uh, an invitation. Joanna, would you like to come on screen with me and to have a dialogue? It's an invitation. You can say no. It's just an invitation. Would you like to come into dialogue with me? Okay. I think that's a no, and that's perfectly fine. Sorry, I um, something's wrong with my computer, and I have lost part of my screen. So I can hear you, but I can't see anything with my screen, so I won't be able to. Oh, that I can hear you, Joanna. So that's <laughs> fine. I don't have to see you. Thank you. Thank you. I can see your name. Well, how does that feel? Just speaking 
and coming onto the screen with me. How does that feel? Well, um, it feels okay. Um, and, you know, I'm actually a, a yoga teacher and I lead classes and I, and I do things that, you know, challenge it, but I do experience anxiety and um, stinking thinking all around it um, because of this basic fear. And so even though my practice, I feel, has helped me a lot, this stays with me. Well, Joanna, I want to say that um, well done for being a practitioner and being a yoga teacher and know that you help many. Yeah. And you help yourself. And this is the next stage for you in your development. And we all have that next stage. It, it continues. I have my, my next stage. And uh, I, so I have a question for you. When was the first time you experienced shyness? Hi, Joanna, are you with me still? Oh, I think we've lost uh, Joanna. Are you still with me, Joanna? Okay, so I'm not able to go into inquiry with this, but how I would answer this is, uh, yes, the question is, does coming home to the body help with shyness and awkwardness? Yes, in a roundabout way, because we have to learn to experience shyness and awkwardness in the body. And that will look different for different people. So I would be asking Joanna, what does shyness feel like in the body? Where do you feel shyness in, in the body? Where do you experience awkwardness in the body? And I would also be asking Joanna, when was the first time that you experienced shyness? So I'm not able to do that because we lost Joanna. So um, I'm sorry about that, but let's, I'm curious about this tool too. I avoid some wonderful experiences to come into my body because of feeling too seen. And I would say, Joanna, that many of us who have experienced sexual abuse, and I include myself about that, that actually that may be part of the residue, part of what we're still carrying, this fact of not being seen, because we know how traumatic sexual abuse was for us. And I could completely understand if shyness and awkwardness was something that would arise out of us being sexually abused. And if it was something, that shyness and awkwardness that arise. Whenever that sensation of shyness and awkwardness arises in the body, we don't want to be with it because it re-stimulates and reactivates those memories of us being sexually abused. And to begin to separate that out is to understand shyness, awkwardness would be inevitable. 
And throughout our lives, we may experience shyness and awkwardness, and there's nothing wrong with experiencing shyness and awkwardness. And we just have to learn to have the courage to allow the shyness and awkwardness to arise and cease in the body. So I have found in recent months that severe anxiety and depression have made my tolerance for sitting with discomfort very low. I'm so impatient with it. I don't know how to get back to the place where I sit compassionately with the arising cravings, desire to run. In my case, currently using food. I'm really sorry that that's difficult for you, Emily, when you sit and anxiety and depression arises. And I would actually suggest you stop sitting. You can do walking meditation, perhaps do yoga or some Tai Chi and do something else. If you really do want to sit, I will give you a mantra that you can just recite and you just chant it and just chant it for five or 10 minutes and it will just help clear the mind. And this mantra is a mantra for compassion. It's compassion for yourself and compassion for all beings. And it, the words are Ummani Padme Hung. And it comes from the, the Bodhisattva, somebody who, who wants to help the world with suffering, dedicates their life to end suffering in the world. Kuan Yin in the female form or Avalokiteshra in the male form. In fact, we see Kuan Yin as a trans Bodhisattva and Avalokiteshra as a trans Bodhisattva. And the mantra is Ummani Padme Hung. And you can just simply go Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung. Or Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung. In any tune you want to do it. Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung, Ummani Padme Hung. And again, if you recite this mantra, it will begin to clear the mind and empty the mind and help to calm some of the anxiety. But it's important to have time out if you're sitting and having a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression arising, stop sitting. You don't have to sit through that. Okay, I'm aware that this uh, podcast, this teaching is half an hour long and I've gone over my time. So I'll take one more question. We have a, a comment. Um, sometimes I do say, may the suffering serve to awaken compassion and find that helpful. I also think switching up to a moving meditation is a useful suggestion. Thank you. Thank you. So is there anything else anybody would like to ask? Oh, let's come back to the body. And that includes myself. And remember, we come back to the body by noticing what the body is touching. And know it's our birthright to be at home in the body. Somebody 
or something robbed us of that birthright to be home in the body. But we can take what was robbed from us, we can take it back again. So right now, I want you to take your birthright back and come home to the body by placing your hand upon your heart and breathing into your heart and breathing in kindness and breathing out kindness, breathing in kindness and breathing out kindness into your whole body. Let's just take a few seconds of breathing in kindness and breathing out kindness throughout the whole body. And notice what the experience of this is, is in the body. So rather than intellectually thinking I'm breathing in kindness and I'm breathing out kindness into the body, let's see for the next few seconds, you can really experience the sensation of breathing in kindness into the body and out of the body. Now taking a deep breath in, a deep breath of kindness in and expanding it throughout the whole body. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Vimala Sara, for that wonderful talk. If you'd like to catch the BRN Academy live, they happen the first Sunday of every month. So the next one is March 3rd. It's going to be with Vince Colin, who founded Fifth Precept Mindfulness for Recovery Groups and leads the Hungry Ghost Recovery Retreats around the world. Again, that'll be March 3rd, so mark your calendar. Um, and if you want to get more information about the Academy, go to BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash Academy. And again, if you feel moved by today's teaching or would like to support the Buddhist Recovery Network to help us produce more original podcast material and be able to offer more Academy talks, you can offer Donna at BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash donate. So thanks again, everyone, for being here. Um, today, I'll play some music to send you on your way. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>